like if you're discussing with the professor, if you feel like they're just pouring into you and you're the only one benefiting, yeah, you're benefiting from talking to them. But another way you're benefiting is you're making that connection. Even if yeah. you just talk. One, action. Hey guys, welcome back to Keeping It 99 here with another episode. Here with a very special guest, got my boy Andrew Tedros here What's up? on the podcast. Appreciate you coming out. Um, yeah, so you're uh, you're in college now, big boy. Sir, I'm a freshman at EGA. Um, Just finished your first semester. Yeah. How was it? It was different than I thought it would be, to be honest. Um, I thought that the level of academics would just be leaps and bounds ahead of high school, but that definitely was not the most difficult part of everything. Um, just the thing about adjusting to a whole new life, that's like the, definitely the most different thing about college, like the academics. Maybe for some people, depending on where you're at in school, like, but that was really one of the most minor changes for me because it really wasn't that bad. Um, in high school, I went to a hybrid school. And for those who don't know, that's where you go into school three days a week. And the other days, you're basically on your own. You get to make your own schedule, but you're expected to get everything done. And that's very reflective of the college model. So making my own schedule and managing my own time wasn't as much of a big change that it might be for, I don't know, like a public schooler. But just adjusting to the new life, having more independence, um, having to manage my own schedule, not having my parents tell me, all right, we got to be here at this time or reminding me to finish my homework, that kind of stuff. Um, that was the bigger difference. Just I was solely like independent and it was all on me. If I messed up, I'm going to suffer the consequences. That's just how it is. Yeah. I mean, for you, you had a you had a major change even before. <laughs> You got to college. I mean, you were homeschooled. I was. And then yeah. you went to hybrid and then now you're in college. So talk to me about like what that, you know, what that change was like, like homeschool to hybrid versus like the hybrid to college. So I think when people say homeschool, the first thing they think of is like, oh, you have no friends, right? <laughs> or you don't know how to act in a social setting, which honestly, it might be true if you're solely homeschooled, you just stay at home, you just do like, but what my parents made sure we did is they made sure we got involved with other homeschoolers. So at any point in my homeschooling life, I think it was like pre-K to seventh grade-ish, sixth grade, we would always be involved with other homeschool families in these programs that would meet once a week. And it wasn't like where you go in and you have assignments due. It's like you basically go in and learn. There's no tests. Um, it's just learning and being in community. And without that, I definitely would not have been able to function in a social setting. So when people do think homeschoolers and they think no friends, no social skills, it might be true if you just stay at home. But what we did is we got involved with other families and um, opened up our eyes a little more to different ways of life. And that really helped me develop the social skills that have been able to keep me through uh, hybrid in college. So. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think, yeah, it's very stereotypical that homeschool, like, people don't, don't really know what they're yeah. doing, but... It's not I mean, wrong. Like, yeah, yeah. Um, like, we were still interacting with people, making friends, that kind of stuff. But without that, it would have been hopeless. It would have been tough to adjust to any kind of social um, life on the outside of my little bubble at home. So I'm very thankful that my parents got me involved with that kind of stuff. 
So talk to me about like the college social life. Like what's, what's that like? So it, honestly, it, I've kind of been thrown into friend groups my whole life. Like it wasn't really, all right, it's just you go make some friends because every homeschool place I went to, I had friends going there too, like from when I was a kid. So I had really never been thrown into a place where I didn't know anyone, had no friends really my age, anything like that. Cause even when I transferred to the hybrid school, I'd been playing sports for that school for two or three years prior. So I already knew everyone there. They all knew me. So it wasn't hard to adjust and make friends, but going to college, it's a whole new thing because there are a couple of th people that go to UGA from church, but they're all much older than me for the most part and very different schedules. So I'm not going to be able to spend much time with them. So just having to go out on my own and really make new friends is very, very different for me. Um, and I've definitely seen more things outside of the little Christian hybrid school slash homeschool bubble being at a pretty heavy party school, right? So it's definitely been a big social adjustment for me and I'm still working on being able to interact with more people, but it's been fun. It's been very fun. So like obviously UGA is a big party school. Like, is it worth the hype? Like, do you think it really, from your experience, obviously, like what, what do you think about it? Well, honestly, I haven't gotten involved with any kind of going out or partying or anything like that. Like, it's just not attractive to me. I feel like it's only a distraction and in the long run, it's not going to benefit me in any way. So I'm the wrong person to ask about that because I don't really know what's going on. Like I try to just stay away from that stuff. Um, but from what I've heard from my, some of the people I talk to, like they definitely enjoy going out, spending time with people. And it is a pretty, like it's busy. There's a lot of stuff going on all the time. There's never a dull moment. So I think it definitely lives up to the hype from what I've heard, yeah. So from an academic perspective, uh, obviously UGA is not, it's not an easy school. It's, it's pretty um, tough academically um, compared to the average college in America. Uh, so talk to me like academically, like what are some things, what are some tips you'll give to people who are making that transition into college? Yeah, so something I had trouble with in high school, which you can kind of get away with sometimes in high school is procrastination. I could start my assignment last minute, get an A every time. Like it doesn't always work like that in college. In some classes, sure, you can get away with it. But when you're taking multiple difficult classes, you're going to have to plan ahead and get stuff done ahead of time. Because when you're on your own schedule, you're going to be tempted to go and do like, I can just go for a walk or go to the gym or go to the dining hall whenever I want for the most part on some of my off days. And you're going to be tempted to just do that. Like, just do your own thing. Go hang out with people. Go throw the football outside. You have to really be self-disciplined. And you don't have to be self-disciplined going into it. You have to have the mentality that you are going to crack down and be like on top of yourself. Like, I'm going to get this done because um, there's going to be less people holding you accountable. Like your professors aren't going to say, hey, you have an assignment due tonight or you have a test tomorrow. Make sure you study. No one's going to do that. It's you working for yourself. No one's really working with you. Um, so in terms of like managing time, I think that's one of the biggest things. So what you need to do is use your calendar, make a plan, make a schedule and make sure to give yourself time for yourself. Because there were some days at the beginning of the semester where basically my schedule is Monday, Tuesday, Friday are heavy. 
or Monday, Wednesday, Friday are heavy. Tuesday, Thursday is very, very light. So what I do on my Tuesday, Thursday is try and get so much done. And then on Wednesday, like say I worked hard on Tuesday, on Wednesday, I'd be so burnt out. I wouldn't want to do anything. So prioritizing your school, but also prioritizing yourself. Like you need to take time, take time off. That's really, really helpful. Um, just in the long run, really. Because if you really, you will get overworked, you'll get burnt out. So it's just really finding a balance and knowing how to manage your time, um, especially using calendar. If you try to remember everything, it's not gonna happen. Stuff gets yeah. over your head. There's a lot going on. So just, yeah, managing your time, using a calendar and taking time for yourself. Yeah, I mean, those are great tips. I think honestly for me, like, um, obviously I'm senior in high school. So, you know, senioritis is, is a real thing. It's, oh, yeah. it's real. It's not like it's, it's fake. You know, for all you freshmen, sophomores and juniors out there, senioritis <laughs> is real. It, it really does kick in. But something I noticed like the first few months of school where I was working really hard is that I did I didn't make the same mistake and I never made time for myself and I would just work, work, work the point to where I burnt myself out yeah. so much in the first three months that, you know, November, December it ain't been the same, you know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, sometimes you'll get on a roll and you won't even notice how yeah. much you're burning yourself out. And then slowly you're... <laughs> not mental stability, but just like mental strength. Like you just wear out. Mm -hmm. It's, and sometimes this is in such small increments, you don't notice it, right? Um, but over time you really just burn out and then you just lose all your motivation. You, it's not good. So finding that good balance is really important in my opinion. Yeah, and I, like trying to like restart that motivation is almost like the hardest thing to do ever because it's like, you know what the consequence of that is if you like if you don't make any changes like you do you get motivated getting started working really hard you know what the consequence is in the end and to convince yourself to do that and like try and do it differently it's, it's hard oh yeah it's a hard life um i forgot what i was gonna say not so good so uh i know that you do you do intramural sports mm -hmm. at uga but what is that like compared to the competitive sports you used to play in high school yeah so i played the only sports that crossed over, I guess, uh, between my varsity play and intramural play is football. But I played tackle football in high school and then flag football in intramural. The biggest difference is, it might have just been my teams, to be honest. Um, my football team was not very committed. Um, in high school, it, everyone had to be on board or else you're just not gonna play, you're gonna get cut. Like, you had to be all in and it was more of a family rather than a team. With intramurals, we signed up for competitive flag football, which was a huge mistake, because we were just going to have fun. And that, these were just guys I just met on my hall like a couple of days before. I didn't know these guys at all. Um, and we were playing against these giant seniors that had plays written up. These guys were ridiculously good, but we signed up for competitive because we thought it'd be more fun. Um, but they just had very little commitment, so they wouldn't show up if we tried to meet and make plays or go practice like my roommate my roommate and i would just go because he's on my team too and then no one else would show and then it eventually just led to one of the games the whole team didn't show up and if you forfeit a game you have to pay a re-entry fee so everyone have to pay 20 bucks for us to stay on intramural football <laughs> so we sent that message out to the team and they're like no we don't care enough so I think if you guys want to play intramural sports, definitely go in with more people you know. 
that are on the same level of comp like competitiveness as you because i wanted to play i wanted to do well i wanted to win they didn't really care they were just a team that had spots open in my dorm it was convenient for me so i just went with them but um definitely try and go with people you know people who have a similar goal in mind um like if you just want to have fun find people that want to have fun but i wanted to play more competitively and they didn't so it was really fun though like the level wasn't too high for certain games um so it was it was a good way to get out and do stuff make community um and i'll definitely be doing more in the spring i'll probably play basketball maybe indoor soccer i don't know yet but it's really fun i mean sports are like really important i think for like mental health and uh oh yeah just just like in general because it just allows you to like reset your brain and just kind of you know start from a new place but i want to stick to a point you said i want to start a new conversation uh you said something about surrounding yourself with people that, that are at the same competitiveness when it comes to sports um that's very applicable when it comes to college so how have you if you have uh surrounded yourself with people that can push you in the right direction or have you found that difficult i have found that difficult now that you mention it <clears throat> i think i'm very selective with who i choose to be around which can be a blessing and a curse for sure um like if i don't see a benefit from spending a lot of time with you i'm not gonna spend a lot of time with you because i mean you've heard this a million times you're the sum of the five people you're around yeah. the most i don't want to be around people that are going to bring me down or not just not not even just bring me down just not improve me mm -hmm. in any way i want those five people that i'm closest to to improve me and push me to work harder for instance in high school all of my classmates were smart we had a good group of people i mean it was 22 people at a very small graduating class but i had a really good group of people that wanted to achieve great things wanted to perform well academically and had great goals for themselves without those people pushing me i don't know what kind of work ethic i would have now because let's say i was top of my class by far wasn't working that hard i wouldn't have half as much work ethic as i do now because i had those people saying I've got a better grade than you, or I did better on this paper, or all this stuff. So I'm competitive. I want to do better. So I try to go out and beat them next time. And we all brought each other up. No one was ever tearing anyone down for getting a bad grade or something. But it was kind of like a friendly competition. And that competitiveness and just overall surrounding myself with people who are, have the same goals in mind or similar levels of goals in mind as me, really helped me um come to the level that i am at now academically which i couldn't thank them enough for so in college like ha have have you found something like that or has it been way it's tougher? taking a little more time than i expected because i went to a christian hybrid school with people from my county everyone thinks very similarly there mm -hmm. so it wasn't hard to make sure we were all thinking the same thing we, like it was unspoken i just knew they were all had the same opinions on things as me had, which can be a bad thing. When you're only surrounded by people with one opinion, you can get so tunnel vision and yeah. you won't see the other side. So that's definitely been good. I've been surrounded by more people, which has given me more of a, like a fish eye on life, like a bird's eye view, I guess. <clears throat> but it has been hard to find people with similar goals in mind as me, but I might just not be looking hard enough. Cause like I said, in high school, they were all given to me on a silver yeah. platter. Like I had to do nothing. I went to school, 
they were all there they were friendly had the same goals um and i'm just not very social i'm an introverted person so if i see someone in the hall <clears throat> or someone working on calc homework in a study room i'm not going to go in and say hey what's your name can i study with you i like to go and do my own thing and i'll i'll be friends with you if you approach me but i'm not really the guy to go approach people um which i definitely need to work on because it's going to be valuable because um, i know as you know connections yeah is that's everything it is everything 100 like, <clears> percent. <throat> the more connections you make in life whether it be with your professor or another student you're building yourself a strong foundation that you can always fall back onto. Like, for instance, I was advised when I was talking to my advisor, um, make really good friends with one or two professors, keep in touch with them throughout all four years, because you're going to need recommendations. But also, like, when you're trying to go become a professional, they're going to help you out. Even if it's just a friendship, you don't ever talk about school or anything like that, they're going to back you and help you out. Um, and just networking, like getting to know more people in different fields, it's going to really build you a strong foundation that, you, like I said, you can always fall back on to if you need anything. And like small favors here and there can go a long way. Yeah. Like sending your e a professor an email afterwards, like once you're done with the course, say, thank you. I thoroughly enjoyed your course. Can't wait to see where I go from here. Like that means a lot. Not everyone does that. Even if it's nothing to you in the future, they're going to remember that and you're gonna have something to gain from them as well, so. Yeah, and I think connections, like, a lot of people, like, try to use, like, networking as an excuse to, um, to, to kind of, like, have, like, shallow relationships with people. It's like, oh, I'm just networking. Where I think the whole point of it is to get to know people more, yeah. and I think building connections is so vitally important. I've noticed that in my own life. I mean, that's, like, part of the reason why I have a podcast is to create connections, to create people to talk to, whether it's people I know or people that I don't know. Because what it, what it does for you is it it allows you to have different avenues to to pursue different things. Exactly. Right? Like I got I have people I talk to when I'm feeling down. I have people I talk not to say like not to compartmentalize them into one thing, but I have people that I talk to when I talk want to talk about like my engineering projects. People I talk to when I want to talk about, you know, what I want to do in the podcast feature. People I talk about talk, talk about church, whatever. Mm -hmm. Whatever it is. I have people for all things that I know are experts in those places right? or that are more well-versed than like, you know, normal people would be. So that's how connections have benefited me. And I think that especially in the day and age we are now, which is just, you know, everyone's on their phone, everyone's, you know, kind of in their own world, if you will, connections are so rare, so scarce, but they're oh, so yeah. vital. They're, they're more, they're more vital now than they ever were. Because they are scarce, right? Yeah. If it's not as common, it's more valuable. And what you said about um, getting connected to prof like not professors, professionals or people who are very well versed in a specific field, that really comes in handy when you're deciding with what you want to do with your life. Yeah. Because on paper, <clears throat> you could look up what's it like to be an aerospace engineer. It could look one way on paper, and then you talk to one, and it's completely different. Because on paper, it's not going to say what you're going to be doing day to day. It's going to say... I don't know exactly what aerospace engineers do, but it's going to say you're going to design and build airplanes. You're going to optimize the materials, stuff like that. That's what it looks like on paper. But when I'm choosing my career, I want to see what I'm going to be doing every day because that's really what I need to know about. If I'm going to be miserable every day, 
the big picture isn't going to matter as much, right? You're not going to want to work towards that big picture. Um, so talking to people that actually work for that certain profession or in that field, that's what really helped me with choosing my major because <clears throat> initially I was looking into medicine. It's still on the table for me, but at a much lower like priority than engineering is right now. I've always wanted to help people. Medicine's always fascinated, fascinated me, like the human body is just insanely cool. God's creation, how intricate it is. Um, but then I started talking to some doctors from church and from other places that my parents knew from years ago. And from what I saw on paper, being a doctor was just seeing patients, treating diseases, giving a diagnosis. Sure, that sounds cool. I want to do that. I want to help people. I want to improve their lives. But when I talk to the doctors, that's just a minute part of that job. A lot of your job is going to be paperwork. A lot of your job is going to be dealing with people who are miserable and depressed. And a lot of your job is just going to be, or a lot of your life is going to be your job as a medical professional. And they were telling me, we're not going to sugarcoat it. It's going to be hard. You're going to lose a lot, not a lot. You're going to have less time. Being a medical professional takes so much commitment and so much time up front. Once you make it, it gets much easier in terms of like having your own time, yeah. a work-life balance. But up to that point, it's going to be tough. You're going to have to give up so much of your early life to commit to that. And for me, like having a family when I'm young is very, not, not young, young, but in my 20s is important. I want that. Um, and as a medical professional, you're not going to be home much. You're going to be out working 80 hour weeks, other things like that in residency. You're not going to have those opportunities come as easily. It's still doable, but it's very, very difficult and it's not for everyone. So after talking to them, I started to consider other options. Um, and I've always been interested in engineering and of course medicine, like I said. So the mix of those two is biomedical engineering. And it's really something that I can see myself doing in the future. And after talking to people in that field, they love it. Um, what biomedical engineers do day to day lines up with what I can see myself doing day to day and not being miserable with. I can see myself wanting to get out of bed every day. Um, and go and get that and change people's lives in a direct way. Like some people think biomedical engineering is indirect. It is hands off. You're not dealing with patients all the time. Very rarely you are, but you still are directly impacting these people by making medical devices that'll better their lives. So after talking to those people that my family had connections with, that really got me going towards the right path for me, as far as I know right now, because if I hadn't spoken to them, I'd probably be on a pre-med route right now, not knowing what I was getting into. And it wouldn't really have aligned with what I want in life. So things can still change. I'm young. I'm a freshman. So yeah, we'll see what happens. But getting started, knowing people who can actually tell you what's up instead of what's going to be on paper for a job description really, really helped me in that way. And I think like... That's one of those, you know, I, I, my engineering teacher told me one time, actually pretty recently, it's like, if you have a chance to talk to an expert, 
about anything, talk to an expert about anything. Yeah. Right? No matter what it is, like, because obviously for our project, um, our year-long project, we have to speak with experts about our project and talk to them and see what they think about it and all this justification and all this stuff that takes way too much time. But, um, so, but he said in general, like, even if this person can't help you, if they, if you can set a meeting up with them, set a meeting up with them, talk to them. Because mm-hmm. you learn so much that you don't even know. And I, I've noticed that, like, obviously even trying to pursue my answers for my questions, but right. you never know, like, the conversations you can have with those people, especially people of that, like, intellectual caliber, like professors, you know, people who've really studied. Because you think about professors, right? Sure, they're experts on their field, but they're an expert of learning. Yeah. Right? Because their whole life, what have they been doing? Learning. So they know how to learn. They know how to put information into, you know, a readable format, a speakable format. Like, you learn so many little things just by talking to these people that you don't even notice. Like, their mannerisms, how they talk, what they say, the order in in which they talk. You know, it's... It's kind of crazy, like if you start really paying attention, not even just professors, just people you see every day, right? Your teachers, your parents, um, you know, the adults around you in your life, like every single person has something you can learn, like learn something from. Um, it's, it's, all, it's vitally important to talk to people. And I think that's why in this day and age of, you know, over, over communication, we're really just under communicating and we're not talking because, you know, it's just behind a screen. Right. And even if you feel like, like if you're discussing with the professor, if you feel like they're just pouring into you and you're the only one benefiting, yeah, you're benefiting from talking to them. But another way you're benefiting is you're making that connection. Even if you just talk to them for five minutes, even if it's such a minimal thing, they'll remember your name. They'll remember your face most of the time. And that can go a long way. If you go and talk to a professor for five minutes after class and no one else does, when you go and send them an email, they're gonna see that email and associate it with their face and say, I like that kid. He came and talked to me. He's got a good personality. He's gonna be successful. Those little things are really gonna go a long way, even if you think they're useless now. So like you said, just talking to people who are at a higher level than you, whether you know it or not, you're gonna be impacted in great ways by them. Especially when it's not for like an ulterior, like superficial reason. Right. Right, like when if you go talk to him for like a rec, or like like that's your goal in mind, right? You talk to, obviously as a freshman, you're not gonna hey send, like give me a rec letter that's not. But if your goal in mind is like I want him to write my my, my rec letter, it's gonna show in the way you talk, oh, yeah. right? 100%. It's gonna come out in the way how you communicate with them. So I think it's like prioritize the relationship and the the things that you want will come. <laughs> Sorry, bless you. <laughs> Sorry, I'm, like... the, I'm a little sick, but um, like the things that you're looking for whether those ulterior like outside things those are products of that relationship even if you don't talk school like if you just go up and ask them how their week was or say thanks so much have a great weekend those little things really make a difference to them because not everyone does that you can think oh yeah whatever bye if you every time you walk out of class you ask a question that you're genuinely interested in and then you say hey have a great weekend i'll see you next week they'll remember that and you don't have to talk about school because I know some people, I'll see people when I'm walking out of my class, go up to the professor and ask some question just to clarify something. They're so obviously trying too hard to make that relationship to show that they're interested in the class. Ask genuine questions. If you don't have genuine questions, 
just talk to them and try and build that relationship. Make a friend. Like, because they can often see through you being superficial yeah. without ulterior motives and stuff. And I mean, they've like, taught so many students. Like, yeah, they, they know, they've seen they know it before. Coming. You're not going to trick anyone. So just prioritize that relationship, like you said, and it'll go a long way. And I think even outside of professors and professionals, even like day-to-day -day people around you, your peers, a lot of people, a lot of people like, they talk to people for the reason of, I'm going to use this person for this or this, whatever. I mean, you might not, you might not think that consciously straight up, but you know, that thought definitely crosses your mind. Mm -hmm. And it's like, a lot of times you see that, a lot of times you see people talk to other people for the sake of, either for the sake of talking or to get something else, you know, in exchange. So I think just prioritizing the relationship, not thinking of, not thinking of it as a transaction is, you know, is very beneficial. And it's also very rare, especially in today's society, everything's a transaction. That's a great way to put it actually, yeah. And it doesn't have to be, like you said, a transaction where both people get something out of it or one person gets something out of it. Because sometimes people see that and relationships can die off of that. If you're only talking to someone to get something out of it, they're gonna see that and I mean, that's a bad relationship. Hopefully you get out of that. Little things like just checking in or smaller things, they go way further than doing someone a favor or asking for a favor, of course. Yeah. And I think that kind of gets pushed away sometimes because, I mean, especially in adults, I'm speaking like way ahead of myself now, but I see adult friendships and relationships sometimes, they're all like only checking in when things are going wrong or really good. And they'll either ask for help or celebrate something there's no just like hey how are you you okay like those things go a really long way and i think it's important to keep those kind of relationships as you get older especially because it's easy when you see people at school every day your friends or at yeah. church just say what's up check in little things in person like that are easier but as you get older and you go separate ways from your friends little things like checking in are going to keep those relationships strong so i think that's really important I mean, something I've realized, like I made a couple friends um, on a church trip over the summer, friends in DC. I'm actually going there next week to see them. And how did we keep that friendship? I mean, obviously it's only been what, like six months, but I have a weekly Zoom call with them. And that's how we have kept that relationship going, that friendship going. And you, you wouldn't, you'd be so surprised like how, how much people want to talk to you like in general, people want to talk to other people because yeah. they feel like no one's talking to them, right? So many people think, feel like that no one actually cares and people are just talking to them just because they see them, you know? So it does go a lot and it does mean a lot when you go out of your way to go talk to someone that you wouldn't normally talk to or wouldn't normally see. Oh yeah. And it's, it, 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 there's so many opportunities for so many things in there. There's so many growth opportunities, both, you know, when it comes to like personality growth, you know, growing your, abilities and speaking all this stuff in your spiritual growth right? there's so many avenues in which just by talking to someone that you wouldn't normally talk to or that you wouldn't um you know normally see yeah that what that can do for you as an individual so there is something beneficial to you even if that's not what you're looking for right and i think i don't want to like sound like a boomer but texting what's up is easy we forget to do it sometimes, but if you call someone or like a Zoom call, that's intentional. You know, both people in that relationship are putting in work. They're going the extra mile 
to see each other and withhold that. So you know that's going to be a good relationship. If you call someone and they pick up and they want to talk, stuff like that, that's how also you can judge like the strength of your relationships based off of that. If you only text every once in a while, it's going to be tough because it's easy to text. It's easy to be fake. Um, but like a phone call or a Zoom, that's a really, really effective way to stay close to people. And I think that's a great point because that goes such a long way. Yeah, it really does. And, it, you know, it goes a long way when even in school, like when you think about it, like your teachers or in college with your professors, it's like you're done with the class, like going and seeing that teacher the next semester or the next year and just having a two minute conversation with them goes a long way for both parties. Like yeah. the teacher like has now fully cemented that they have put added value into your life to the point you remember them, even if it's only been three weeks, yeah, yeah. right? They've cemented a value into your life and you're acknowledging that value. It makes a huge difference to both of you. Exactly. Like, if a student goes into your class, just imagine you're the teacher. A student comes in, learns, passes your class out, never see him again. You have no idea what impact you had on them, whether it be positive or negative. But if you check in and say, hey, Mr. or Mrs. So-and-so, it's good to see you. Hope you're doing good. They know that you had a positive impact on them. And that can, as a teacher, I'm sure that can be like the greatest feeling because that's your job. You're supposed to impact students in a good way and teach them the content. So they know they did their job based on that. Um, and then you have a connection in that field. So it's beneficial for both without it being kind of like a transaction. Yeah, It's more of a relationship where both can benefit from it, but it's not just like, hey, I need something. Hey, you need something? Like, it's not just like trading. It's like you're mutually benefiting without it just being a going through the motions type thing. I agree 100%. And it like, it goes to show like, if you think from a completely macro perspective, right? You think about like relationship with God, right? God does not want anything from us. He could care a lot. Like he, he does not he need anything from right. us, right? But what makes that a relationship is that fact itself that we don't, that he doesn't need anything from us. So it allows us to have an actual relationship with no transaction. That's a great right? point. And that's like, about that. like if we think about the perfect relationship, that's what a perfect relationship looks like because God is perfect. So anything he does is perfect. So if he has a relationship with someone, it's a perfect relationship. So if he has no transaction in his relationship, that should be a pretty big indicator that we should not have transactions in our own relationships. That's a great point. And I think a common theme through everything we've talked about, whether it be with relationship with their teachers, professionals, friends, God, I think one of the most important things is consistency because I talked about this in my Sunday school class. We were talking about reading the Bible. I was like, can you consider someone your best friend if you talk to them once every six months? No, obviously not. They were like, no. I was like, what about once a month? Like, no. Once a week, maybe. But like, without that consistency, there's no relationship there. It can be superficial and it can be based on transactions, which is not a very healthy relationship, but being consistent in any type of relationship, even if it's a small thing like checking in or reading your Bible and praying every day, that consistency will go a long way and strengthen that relationship. Because even if you think it's just a little thing, I don't need a text them today. I don't like, they're not doing anything important or I'll just read my Bible tomorrow, stuff like that. That'll slowly over time escalate and you won't even notice and that relationship just dies and you'll have to start from scratch which is hard 
it's easy to be consistent here and there to withhold a relationship in any aspect of life. So I think consistency is super important for any kind of uh, relationship that you're getting into with friends, professors, God, anything like that. I really like that one, actually. This is a very good one. And consistency is important, not just in relationships, but in all facets of life. I think consistency consistency is what builds um, uh, self-discipline. Oh, yeah. Right? Consistency is like the brick of, if, of self-discipline, if you will. Like, you need it, right? In order to, you know, go to the gym every day, you have to go every day, right? It's, you know, th there's two parts to it, right? Yeah. There's the gym part and there's the everyday part, right? The same thing. So, you know, for me, it's like I post a podcast every week. So I have to, there's a podcast, but there's an every week part to it, right? Obviously. So, and consistency does go a long way because it forces you to do, when you don't, like it's, it's, it's important when you don't want to do it because it forces you to do it. Yeah. And, you know, there, there's a saying that, you know, the, the time where you want to quit the most is one step, is one step like before your biggest moment. Yeah. Right. The, like you're, you're so close. You're about to get to what you, to what you've been desiring, what you've been working for. And then you quit. Yeah. Because it's just, it's, it's so hard to stay consistent and how you get over that is by being consistent. Yeah. By intentionally exactly. forcing yourself every single, whatever interval it is to do the thing that, that you're doing, whether you feel like it or not. And you know, that's, that's from an academic perspective, studying, you know, doing your homework. Sorry, um, it, that consistency is important. You know, in academics when it comes to studying, homework, like you have to do that every day. Like if you don't, you know, review your notes, you're not gonna. You're just I mean, not. That like, was the point well. in writing yeah. them down, right? Um, same thing with relationship with God. Like if you're not gonna be consistent, if you're not gonna read your Bible every day, if you're not gonna pray every day, if you're not going to struggle against sin every day, which is a really big one, you, you can't expect anything to happen, right? For, if I don't talk to my parents for three weeks. I, I can't expect them to like, you know, know anything. Yeah. Right. Like I can't expect them to like come to me, you know, when they think there's something wrong, if I haven't talked to them, you know what I'm saying? Exactly. Yeah. They have to know, they have to, you have to talk to them to build a relationship. So that consistency is important in literally all facets of life. And back to your um, example with the gym, being consistent with the gym. Um, my dad told me, he always told me this, the day you don't want to go to the gym is the day you're going to get the most out of it. If you go through the motions, I feel like going to the gym today, whatever. It's not gonna be that beneficial, but when you mentally push through what you don't wanna do, it's gonna be way more beneficial than any other day that you didn't, or that you did wanna go. So pushing yourself and doing things that you don't want to is definitely a key. And like you said, it's gonna be just before your success. Um, so when you're about to quit, Think about what Isaiah said. You're almost there. Pushing through can be your next step to being successful and being great. I mean, and there's a reason why, you know, when you don't want to do it and you force yourself to do it, that's when you get the most benefit. Yeah. Right? It's the same thing, you know, this is like a very macro example, but if you think about it, when Christ died on the cross, that is, like he said right before, like, please let this cup pass. Right? That was the moment where he wanted to quit. He want, I mean, the, the thief on the on the left told him, if you're son of God, save yourself right now. He could have at that moment quit, but he didn't. 
And he was human. I'm sure he wanted to. Oh, yeah, 100%. Very, 100%. very badly. He was all-powerful. <laughs> yeah. He's divine. He could do whatever he wants. But he was also like us. If we were in extreme pain... To... And, we had, and we had the option to stop it. <laughs> exactly. Or stop it 100%. We had the option to pull ourselves down, stop the pain, and get rid of everyone else who did that to us. As a human, I'd want to do that. I wouldn't want to deal with that. But he went through what he didn't want to do at all. He was suffering... Look at the result. Yeah, and the result is vastly greater than anything ever. <laughs> anything in human we history, could do, yeah. Right. So, in that same thing, right? Like Satan is pushing you to not do it. When you overcome that, when you overcome Satan, right? You have the ability to trample serpents and scorpions under our feet. We say that in liturgy every week. Mm-hmm. Once we do that, that's where we have the most benefit, Absolutely. because we have died and resurrected with Christ, if you will. Obviously, the example is kind of extreme, but we have died and resurrected with Christ. You know, in the sense of us going to the gym when we don't want to, or reading the Bible when we don't want to, or, you know, reaching out to this person when we don't want to. It's the same thing. So, yeah. That's a great point. And just consistency without, consistency doesn't exist unless you're going to push through days you don't want to do it. Because let's say I have a schedule. I want to go to the gym four days a week. If I wake up one day and say, I don't want to go, you're not There's no go. consistency. Yeah, that's gonna die off. If you say, if you don't go to the gym on days you don't want to go to the gym, you're gonna stop going eventually. Yeah. it'll be slow. Over time, you'll start skipping one day a week, I don't, one day a month. It could start out so big, but you'll eventually stop going. You have the days where you make things consistent and you make habits are the days when you don't want to do them. So that's definitely super important with every aspect of life. Yeah, and, and uh recent study came out actually that says says that habits can take anywhere from 21 and 254 days to form i just knew about the 21 day thing yeah i mean that, that was a lie <laughs> that, that was the low end of the spectrum Dang. so you know but there's some habits that really take two-thirds of a year to actually make it into a habit so you know it, and it really goes to show like how crazy the human brain is like, how crazy it works like yeah and i mean the strongest like some of our strongest habits in order to break them take just as much time. Exactly. You know? Yeah. But we do have the ability to mold it in such a way based on how we act. And exactly. Pushing through those days we don't want to do it or pushing through the temptation to not read your Bible or sin, something like that. We have that, but the way we train our brain and improve as a person in our spiritual life, it's pushing through that because we have the ability to kind of program our brain to be a certain way so and and that ability isn't even like from our own from our own power no like that's that's like something from god and it you know it it, it really goes to show in society like the direction that society is going in you know it's a very like i think therefore i am mm-hmm. right from like Descartes, like you know bold statement from philosopher um and people take that as doctrine whether they realize it or not that's the doctrine of this world whereas like as Christians, um, it's God is, therefore I am. And that, yeah. that mentality changes so many things. I mean, it's a completely different subject, but that mentality changes so many things and allows for that consistency to come easier. And it allows for you, you know, like think about the monks, right? They, they make a commitment that for the rest of their life, they're gonna be in constant prayer. Mm-hmm. Just, just think about like the magnitude of that, right? Let's say I'm, let's say I'm 50. Let's say I'm 50 and I become a monk. Right? Most monks become monks when they're about 30, maybe before that a little bit. But I'm 50 and I become a monk. 
you know, let's say I live till 80, that's still 30 more years in constant prayer. And we can't pray for more than 10 minutes. And they make that commitment and they struggle and they, for them, a sin is not praying for a minute. Mm -hmm. You know how crazy that is? And sometimes it's even harder, like as you get older, because you've had 50 years of the world. You found what you like, you've gotten comfortable. Then you have to go to the complete opposite and give everything up, leave everything behind from the world and go to live with Christ. And that's ridiculously difficult. That's not even something I can think about because of how much will that takes and how much of a relationship with God that takes. That's just a whole new level. Yeah. And it goes to the consistency point because in order, right? So spiritual growth is either up or down. There's no plateauing. That doesn't exist, right? No lukewarmness, right? Yeah. People say you plateau. You don't, if you think you're plateauing, it means it's going down, right? And think about that. If I put X amount of effort into my spiritual life today, I have to put more than X tomorrow and more than that and more than, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So it, it really goes to show how, how much that got like, God being the center of our lives, that doesn't change, right? It's very easy when you're young mm-hmm. and it gets harder when you're older. Think Absolutely. about how hard it is now. This is the easy part, Yeah. right? And that all comes from consistency because consistency comes complacency, right? If you can become complacent with things that you thought were uncomfortable before, that's how you know you've made progress. Exactly. And then you take that and you do the same thing again. As you grow, that consistency is going to be a part of you. You're not going to be able to get rid of yeah. it. And as things get harder, which we know they will, as time goes on, you're going to have that built up inside you already. And that's going to be able to keep you consistent and keep you away from paths that lead away from the path we're supposed to be on. Yep. That's a great point. Any final thoughts? Mm, manage your time well. Be consistent. Yeah. Um, in everything. And just... Strive to keep achieving, always have the end goal in mind. Because if you don't think about where you want to be, even if you don't know, think about your end goal and that'll keep pushing you to be a better person, be a better friend, um, get closer to God. Always have your end goal in mind as you're working because that's going to keep you motivated. Yep. That's all I got. That's great, man. So thank you guys for watching, subscribing, listening, liking, commenting, turning on post notifications, subscribing. I don't know if I said that already. But uh, (laughs) thank you guys. Um, And that'll be all. Thanks, Isaiah. Thank you, Andrew. See you guys.